So like the past year, I had more than $10,000 in revenue, which for the first time was great. <laughs> At Founder, we're on a mission to democratize entrepreneurial education and on our way to building one of the largest online schools in the world for entrepreneurs. We interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it so you can too. However, in this series, we're doing things a little differently. We're working with our own students in our community who are deep within the process of building our own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow who've stood where you are and are on the way to building the business of their dreams. Now, before we jump in, our lawyers have told us to tell you this. Of course, we can't guarantee you'll have the results like some of our stories are about to share in this show. And as you know, with any business, it's a lot of hard work in addition to completing any online course. And with that said, welcome to From Zero to Founder. Molly here. I'm the community manager for Founder Magazine and welcome back to the series From Zero to Founder. Today I'm sitting down with Salma Kashani, who is one of our Start and Scale students who has made her own fashion label as she collaborates with local artists. She's managed to generate over 10k in a year and has such an amazing story. So let's just jump straight into it. Hi Salma, thank you so much for joining me today. Why not start by introducing yourself and telling me a little bit about your business? Hi, thanks for having me. I really appreciate this. Uh, so my name is Salma Kashani. And my business is called Bono Menefic. It's a fashion line based in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, and basically, I work with artists to transform their art into limited edition fashion sets for women who want to stand out with really bold and colorful styles. Incredible. I absolutely love that because I think it's really great that you're combining fashion and art and, and really creating something. Has art always been a big thing in your life? Um, yeah, actually, I've been doing abstract art since I can remember. And um, I think I was inspired by my mom because she's an artist and she's been doing art since I can remember. Um, so, yeah, for sure, it's been a huge part in my life. Incredible. And pops of colors and things like that has always been something that you've tried to incorporate in your wardrobe as well. Uh, yeah, so I love colors and I think that's why I went into like abstract art because I wasn't patient enough to draw things. <laughs> I realized I'd really like to play with colors and make different combinations. And uh, that's what inspired me. And um, yeah, since I can remember, I really like to wear colorful outfits. And like, if you look at my house, it's like full of different colors too. Um, and I personally feel there is something with colors that can improve your mood, you know, change your uh, mood improve your mental well-being and um, I think it's um, it's a small step that we can take to make ourselves feel better in life. <laughs> I definitely agree with you I think it's always lovely walking down the street and seeing people wear bright colors and things because I definitely know it can increase your mood and prior yeah. to to starting your company and, and getting into fashion what were you doing before all of this? Um, yeah so about a year ago like before the pandemic I was um, a product manager in a tech startup. Um, so I studied like computer engineering. I was completely in tech. <laughs> and um, after the pandemic hit, my employer had to downsize. Um, so for a while, I was working as a consultant. And that gave me kind of a lot of free time to start learning new skills. Um, and I always like to start my own business. Um, I, I always loved color, of course, and fashion. And um, because the pandemic happened, I also 
really felt the influence of colors in my life. You know, everything was sad and depressing and stressful. And I realized like how much uh, changing to a nice outfit and, you know, looking at art and looking at all the colors around me helped me feel better. Um, so I decided it's a perfect time for me to um, go into that and, you know, like pursue my dream, but at the same time, try to help others also feel better. <laughs> It's a great motto and I, I really, really applaud you for that because it is definitely true. Helping others through art as well as fashion is just incredible. And prior to this, did you ever think that you could maybe start your business while still doing your other job? Do you still have your job? What's that looking like for you now? Um, no, so actually like a bit into the pandemic, I um, like I basically didn't have much to do at my job because uh, everything was shut down. So I decided to focus on my job full time. Um, before that, I, I always wanted to do it. I always like, uh, kept thinking about what should I do? What should I try? But I feel like because of the pandemic, it was an opportunity that, okay, like there's nothing else to do. <laughs> like I don't have much to do at my job and then you can't go anywhere. You can visit anyone. It was the perfect opportunity to, to learn something new. And, uh, that kind of motivated me to, you know, like use this and like, let's do, let's learn something. So I started by me just trying to learn something. Um, and yeah, it was the best, best chance basically. <laughs> I think that's great. And I love that you put an emphasis on education and learning and kind of betting yourself through that really, really tough period as well. And it still is something that transcends through now. In terms of education, how did you find the first steps to actually educate yourself on this new skill of starting a business? I didn't have any prior experience with doing business. Um, so basically I started by Googling everything. <laughs> That's how you start. And um, so like I looked at different courses, you know, I talked to people who had done it before trying to, I tried to find like Facebook groups or other groups that um, to just like get to know other people who went through the same thing uh, to find their resources basically. Um, so through Google was where I came across start and scale course. And, um, you know, like when I saw Greta's experiences, I saw like she had like successful businesses. I felt like this is the best, um, one of the best opportunities to, you know, learn something that's going to be useful. It's like good investment. That's what I felt. Um, but I looked at other courses too. I took like different uh, marketing, advertising courses, whatever I could find, like YouTube. Um, the first six months, I was basically taking a lot of courses. <laughs> I think that's really, really interesting and really great and, and very inspiring that you you trying so many different things to really educate yourself and make your dream come true, which now it has. And, and it's and it's amazing what you've been able to achieve. But when you were kind of developing the idea and, and wanting to start your business, what were the first mm -hmm. real motions that you did to actually make it become a reality? So you started by educating yourself. Did you then look for manufacturers or artists to collaborate with? Like in the beginning, uh, when I started, it wasn't even on fashion. So I always knew I wanted to do fashion, but first I wanted to just test something to see like how e-commerce works, how I can sell one product to different people. So I started with a zester actually. I just bought like hundred zesters and uh, I created a website for it. And I started like learning about creating ads, things like that. So I started selling the zesters. Um, that's how I started uh, with the e-commerce aspect. And then 
uh, when I thought, okay, it works, I can sell, I don't know, I think I sell, I sold 60 zesters. <laughs> and I was like, okay, now I want to get into something that I'm really passionate about and that something that I want to put my picture behind it and say this, like, I did this, I'm proud of this. Um, so that's how I went into um, art and fashion. And um, at that time, I think it started by a photo that my friend took from a flower. And I really liked the photo. And she was like going around uh, taking a lot of pictures of flowers. Um, and she had like her own story. And I thought like it was very inspiring. So I took that flower and I designed the first uh, collection. And um, I basically, so it started by the I started by the design and getting samples from manufacturers, uh, finding the right manufacturers and taking samples to see okay how it feels like, um, what I can do next. So when I had everything ready, then I started working on my Shopify store. Incredible. And I think it's really great that you started out and you kind of almost did a trial run with a different product, knew that you had the right formula, and then you applied it to something else. It's like validating that you can do it, which is really, really great. And do you still have that first store with the Zesters or did you shut that down and <laughs> shut that one down? Did you? Yeah. No, I think it's really great. And now you can focus purely on fashion, which is incredible. What lessons did you learn from that first store that you've carried on to, to your store now? I think the most important was that Zester was a, basically a product that was sold outside, um, you know, in like different stores. And it was very difficult to price in a way that... Um, it was it was like super cheap, for example, like I couldn't sell it that cheap because I had to pay for shipping and things like that. But then like people could go to a dollar store and find it for, I don't know, half price. So first I realized that I had to pay more attention to the pricing to see like what I can um, sell to people in a price that would make sense for me. And then like the other aspect was shipping and all the hassles with that, like figure out what's cheapest, um, what's the cheapest method, uh, considering the packaging, like packaging was something super uh, expensive. Like these are all the things that I had no idea about. So I thought like packages, packages are going to be like cheap, for example, it wasn't. <laughs> and then another lesson was actually um, to be able to sell something in addition. So people buying one zester didn't really give me any profits and it was more cost because I had to ship them and the shipping was $20, for example. So I was losing money on it. And I realized that I needed products that I could match with each other. So people could say, okay, it makes sense. If I buy this, I should also buy this. So I sell more than one product to people. Um, and like useful products that they can use actually. Um, so that was also another lesson. <laughs> Increasing your average order value is a great lesson to have. And I'm sure I hope everyone listening really, really takes it on board because I had a look at your website and we'll talk more about your actual collections, but having bundles and things like that together, you can definitely tell it increases the price point and it just helps you with the sales and also helps people kind of experience more of your different collections and the products that you have. So I'm really excited to talk more about that further in, in this chat. But talking back to your manufacturers and you said that your friend took photos, how did you make that come to life? Did you test and trial many different manufacturers, get samples? And how did you select the one that was right for you? Yeah, I don't remember exactly how many manufacturers I tried, but basically I had the design files ready 
And um, I look through different, for example, the scarf. Uh, I have a scarf and wallet, for example. I started looking at manufacturers for those. And then um, I would just contact them to say, okay, can you customize this for me? Like they had a wallet, for example, but I wanted to be changed and I wanted my design to be printed on it. Um, so it was a lot of back and forth communication to um, just like get the design right, for example. And then after that, I ordered, I think I ordered like three samples from the three different manufacturers to try and feel them. Um, so there's also like wait time to, you know, uh, put the order, wait for the samples, like go through the samples, see what you need to change, choose one. Uh, and then I chose like the the one sample that I really liked and I went ahead with that manufacturer. Amazing. And from the manufacturing process, what products did you launch with? Was it just the one skirt with the flower? Uh, the first collection, you mean? Yes. Um, well, I had three items. There is a skirt, there is a scarf and there is a wallet. Okay. So they were all part of the same. Amazing. I have the scarf here. <laughs> Beautiful. I love the colors that you've chosen as well. Were they based off the original photo or did you kind of pick and choose which colors uh, work? So the photo is basically this like flower on a background, um, but I chose the colors. I'm just like obsessed with colors. So I like different color combinations and I thought green um, suits this design and um, I just went for it. <laughs> It's beautiful and I really, really like the design as well. And the fabrics look really, really high quality. Uh, so definitely commend you for, for picking the right manufacturer in that as well because it does look really beautiful. And from there, you've mentioned that you've had three collections now, which is absolutely amazing. When you started with your first one, was the feedback that you received, maybe did you gift it to people to validate it even further before you actually launched your product? Or were you just very confident that you said, yes, I've got this right, let's just launch and see how we go? No, I wasn't that confident, to be honest. Um, I like one thing that I did, um, the collections are all limited edition and it helps me. Um, it makes the scarcity aspect, but it also helps me uh, not risk too much. Um, so I, of, of course, I showed the design to a couple of people that I know, and then we went through it and, um, you know, I made sure like there are people who likes um there are people who like the designs um but i ordered them and then i gift them to like influencers and other people uh, so it happened kind of after but i didn't feel like i'm risking much <laughs> yes and you know i think there's always a risk involved with you know starting a business but i think it's really great that you did back yourself and and you did find a, the, the right thing and you're going off passion which i think is the most important thing as well in terms of starting and releasing your product did you do any pre-launch in terms of marketing on instagram building your email list did you want to talk about those aspects um yeah for sure so i started starting a scale after i launched my website and the first collection so i feel like these are the things that i missed so if i had taken the course before i would have like developed my instagram page and mailing list and worked on those aspects um more. Uh, so when I launched, I think I made a mistake of not for like I had no idea. So I like I launched and then I started my Instagram page and uh I started like advertising it to my friends and family or like uh emailed all my um friends list like things like that. I started after I launched 
Um, so I think like that's something I improved every time after like for the other collections, basically. Did you notice a big difference between your first collections launch and your second collection after moving through some of the course aspects? Um, yeah, for sure. So like dealing with influencers, I think it's something that I learned through the course, um, developing, like, um, reaching people, um, trying to grow my mailing list, like focusing on, I think like email marketing is something that I still have to work on it more and learn. It's like super painful for me, <laughs> but I'm trying to learn, but, uh, through the course, I learned the importance of it and I focused on it more for the, uh, second collection, like I try to force myself to email everyone again, although I feel like I'm spamming people, but I don't even email them much, but I feel like every time I email people, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> <laughs> difficult emotionally. It's definitely a learning curve, isn't it? Yeah. No, I think but, that's, it's great. Yeah. And like, like you mentioned, you know, everything changes and you learn along the way. In terms of your Instagram account, what have you been posting on your Instagram account to really try and get more followers there? Because I know you've had quite great growth um, over the past year. Um, yeah, so I started, um, basically, I started to schedule everything more in advance using like different platforms to do that. And um, I kind of go between like, sharing lifestyle images of the models wearing the items and like sharing quotes and sharing um, positive things about like colors, about uh, self-esteem, things like that, things that I care about. Um, so now it's like a mix of that. And then also like I work with influencers uh, for every collection. I try to reach out to people that are, um, that I feel like they're suited uh, with my brand. And um, I have done like giveaways. I feel like giveaway is another thing that I learned through the course and it really helped me um, to, I think at some point I was doing it every month. Now I got like really busy and I'm um, not doing it as much, but that really helped with developing my Instagram following. Uh, and then I think the consistency, like keeping it consistent, just doing it every day uh, was something that I learned through the course too. And in terms of your giveaways, how did you structure them? Was it you're just giving away your product and people had to like and, and comment on your post or how did you kind of set that up? I've tried uh, multiple versions. I've done um, like the, the comment one, like tag a friend. I've done one with a, an influencer, uh, a joint one basically. Uh, I've done one where they had to go to a landing page to sign up for emails that also will work very well. Um, general, I feel like the one that people like kind of varies. Like I feel like people sometimes don't like to tag friends and that kind of sometimes gets spammy too. Uh, so when it's easier for them to apply, basically, um, I see more results. Uh, signing up is good. Like I see um, better results with that where they have to sign up. Uh, and they don't need to tag friends or things like that. Uh, but also I put it as a bonus to, you know, share the post. So I, I want to still spread it around. Um, but, you know, they don't need to tag friends, for example. Uh, so I've tried different methods and I see results with most of them. <laughs> Hey there, Nathan Chan here, CEO and publisher of Founder Magazine. If you're enjoying From Zero to Founder, 
and you want to learn from some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation, then I highly recommend you also subscribe and check out the Founder Podcast. We talk to some of the most successful people on the planet to discover how they're building their businesses. So you can take a front row seat as we go deep and we learn from some of the founders of brands like Netflix, Dropbox, Reebok, and so many more, and how they built these companies. You can find the Founder Magazine podcast with Nathan Chan on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe. All right, now let's get back into the show. From your influencer work, have you noticed a large return in working with influencers compared to maybe not working with them in the past? So influencers, uh, I found them most useful like for my brand um, to generate content uh, in terms of making sales I haven't had success with that um, in terms of growing followers I had some good influencers it really depends on the relationship with their audience and also like how uh, how much invested they are in my brand so there was this um, influencer she was, she was a friend and then she posted multiple stories about my my story basically and like that worked great I got so many um followers based on that and there are like some influencers who just like post one photo and you don't see much but I still can use their content um to post on my Instagram and you know things like that so it's really mixed but going through the course I had a better idea of what to expect I think the first time that I worked with influencers I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know like what's the right amount of um, money to pay them, for example, like things like that. And the course helped me with that. And um, even if I don't see results, I still like I know it happens. I know that, you know, it really depends on the influencer. Definitely. And great advice there. Do you have any possible tips for anyone when they want to reach out to influencers, maybe how to find the right people or what to say to them? I guess how to find the right people would be to, um, you know, when whatever method you use to find the influencer, for example, I looked for Canadian influencers, like Canadian fashion influencers, things like that, because I want them to be in Canada. Um, Then you have to really go to their profiles and look at what they post to see if their content is something that resonates with your brand. If they have the same perspective, I think that's very important. And uh, basically I message them usually um, saying, okay, this is a new, I'm like super honest with them. Like I just started this business. I want to spread the word. I, I like your support. Like, can you help me with this? So a lot of them, even if they get paid uh, when they, I like position it in a way that, okay, like this says, I'm being honest. Like I'm just starting, I don't have a big budget, but I can give you product. I can give you like whichever item you like. Um, a lot of them are like super supportive and they want to like support uh, women owned business, small businesses. Um, so they're nice and say, okay, like I'll do it, for example, things like that. So like I try to build a connection with them to, for them to care about the brand and my mission um, before like posting. So in that way, it comes from their hearts and it um, hopefully resonates with their audience more. 
And I think that's really great what you just mentioned there about building a connection and a relationship with them because at the end of the day, that's what your brand kind of supports is that positivity, that love. And, and I think that's really incredible. How have you managed to grow your email list further? What communications have you been doing in your emails? Is it similar to just speaking to them as if they're your friend and just being really honest with them as you are with influencers? What have you kind of seen work best? Um, so email marketing is definitely something that I'm still working on and trying to improve, um, because, you know, like I don't like to email people, (laughs) but, um, what I've been doing as, um, to like do the welcome email for sure. And then send them, um, I think I send them like six emails once a week, uh, to just, again, like to talk about my mission and what I have in mind. So I have some blogs about like how I feel like colors can improve our mood and like studies on that, things like that. So I try to share that information. So I want the emails to be informative too. It's not just, oh, like come, there's a 50%, 15% discount come by. Uh, I want the emails to add some kind of value um, to the audience. Um, so I try to like talk about colors and like the philosophy behind the brand and build a relationship in that way to like this is what I'm standing for. Like, this is my mission. And um, basically for them to get to know me better. This has worked well so far, but I feel like I still need to improve and like work on different methods of email marketing to reach more people, like grow my email list more. Such great advice. And I think everyone listening will agree. Email marketing can be a tricky thing to kind of conquer. And like you've mentioned time and time again, you get caught between whether you're spamming someone, but you really want to just get to know your audience. So I'm sure a lot of people listening can relate to that and will definitely take your advice on board there as well. Let's now switch to talking about your second collection. When you were kind of establishing your second collection, were you looking for maybe artists that were based in Canada as well? How did you kind of figure out the direction for your second collection and what it would look like? Um, So the second collection was, I basically saw um, a piece of artwork that my friend did and I was inspired by it. So like this is a part of the second collection and this was originally just a painting that my friend did. so for the artists, I want them, um, it kind of varies. Like I wanted them to be local, uh, but for the third collection, I was inspired by another piece and like the artist is not local. Um, so it kind of varies. Um, I think the art piece is more important for me. Uh, and like the story behind the art piece is more important. Um, so back to the second collection um my friend did this painting and I really liked it so I took it and I uh, made it digital because she did it by hand and I changed the colors and I basically broke the painting in different to different pieces and then I saw okay like um what fashion items can I choose that would work with this pattern uh, so that's how I decided that I wanted to do the shawl and the shoulder bag And then um, I also like, because it was winter, I wanted to um, have the, a beanie that would match. Cause I I usually myself, like I wear the shawl with a beanie during winters in um, Vancouver. Um, So like everything that I do, it's also kind of for me too. (laughs) Like it's something that I would definitely wear all the time. (laughs) So I try to make it as useful and practical as possible. 
You've mentioned a couple of times about the story and I really liked that comment. How do you, I guess, promote the story through art or through fashion? What tips would you kind of give to kind of convey that message from your collections as well? Um, I try to reflect it, so like place it in our website. So I take the, I ask the artist about the story and they give me a paragraph or two about like what they felt and like how they did the piece. And then um, I put it, when I launched the collection, I put it online and I try to also promote it through Instagram to uh, reflect their story and in product descriptions, I try to um, put a product description that kind of um, highlights what the artist was feeling at a time. Yeah, and then for example, for the second collection, um, I also like, we did a blog post. Uh, we interviewed the artist and she uh, talked more about like what goes through her mind when she does the paintings and like how she felt when um, she saw the products in real life, basically when you see it and touch it, like it's a different experience. Um, so we did that too. Uh, basically, whatever way that we can promote the story, I'll like try to think of innovative ways to put the story out there. <laughs> I really like the blog idea that you had and having that interview because it makes people have that emotional connection to your pieces as well, which can also help, I guess, when it is a limited edition piece, everyone will want something from that artist, especially if they follow it. So I think that's a really, really smart marketing idea as well and kind of just conveys your story even more, which I really, really love. But let's talk more about your launch. So what month did you launch and how have you kind of seen your brand grow as you've launched more and more collections? Um, I launched in September in 2020 and then I don't actually I remember the third collection was launched in July I don't remember about the second collection <laughs> I feel like years ago but it wasn't but in terms of the timing so like the timing I still need to work on it to make it better match the season so um for example like the I was expecting the and it's also like because of the COVID and shipping stuff uh there were delays and I wanted actually like the second collection I think I wanted it earlier but it came later so uh it was October or November something like that I felt like it was a little bit late uh in the season but um still worked well and then the third collection was in July. I think like the third collection was good timing. But over time, you learn with your audience and like depending on your product and the seasons that uh, you need to launch. And um, basically, I learned to time it better. Uh, but still, it's something that for the next collection, I have to research it more to see, okay, like when is the best time? When is the shopping season? Maybe it should be like a little after, like definitely not during Christmas because the people, people have a lot of options. Like they're not going to focus on um, a new brand that they may not know necessarily. Um, so things like that, you have to really consider people's behaviors with regards to what you're selling. That's really great advice, yeah. And how have you kind of seen your your growth in terms of maybe it's revenue or in terms of percentage growth since you've launched your first, your third collection now? Um, so like the past year, I had more than $10,000 in revenue, which for the first time was great. 
<laughs> so I'm hoping to grow it more, but um, I was pretty happy with the results. It's such an incredible result. And I think you'll only keep making more and more collections, which is very exciting. Are you working on a fourth collection at the moment? I'm working on a new collection. I don't know when it's going to be launched because this is a bigger project. I want to focus on the shawls. Um, I'm going to work with three different designers, but I want to make the shawl um, completely environmentally friendly. So I'm looking at manufacturers that can do uh, reusable, like um, recyclable, sorry, recycled uh, water bottles or recycled polyester and like use manufacturers that do natural fabrics um, to make the same like touch and feel for this shawl and then use three designers with three different backgrounds to do like really colorful uh, artwork that people will enjoy. So that's the new project. I don't know when I'm going to be able to get everything ready, um, but I'm super excited about it. It sounds like a massive project, but it sounds very exciting, as you've mentioned, and I can't wait to see the new designs and the designers that you're collaborating with. In terms of this new project, are you going to continue the the blog style interviewing to get their stories as well? For sure, but uh, I also feel like I'm going to do more. I'm going to try to maybe restructure the website in a way that highlights the artist more, uh, highlights their story more. Maybe they have like their individual pages. I'm not sure about the structure yet, but um, I feel like although like I try to share the story, I'm not doing enough. I need to focus more on their story and then their background, like tell people more about the artists, um, especially like because I want to target people with different um cultures so to highlight this multicultural aspect of lives in Canada um I think it's going to be like super exciting (laughs) it sounds very exciting to say the least I'm very excited to see it all but since um going back to your collections and your launches and things how's the customer feedback been since you've actually been able to deliver all these products in the past year um it's been great like I get I'm Actually, it's something that I learned um, through this, like how nice people are sometimes. <laughs> like they go out of their way to like send you messages and emails saying like how much they appreciated the packaging, for example, that I did, the notes that I sent, like things that I would never do personally, but like people go out of their way. Um, and I and I appreciate it so much when you get like a mess, nice message from someone saying, oh, like the material is amazing. Or I gave it as a gift to my mother and then she loved it. Like I get a lot of nice messages like this and it just makes my day. I want to stop everything and start dancing. <laughs> this is what my intention was from the beginning. And it's like, I'm happy to see it working. Yeah, you're definitely spreading that positivity then through your clothing and and your story, which I think is absolutely incredible. And working towards wrapping up, in terms of, you know, you're working on this amazing collection, you've got all these designers in the backhand, but is there anything else that you want to achieve within the next few months or leading into the new year that you're really excited to do? Just like for now, I want to focus on this new project too. So like I want to help people improve their mental well-being and like mood. But at the same time, I don't want us to feel guilty about it, to feel that, okay, we're damaging the environment. So like my first goal is to make everything like super environmentally friendly uh, to achieve that. And also I want to 
work with um, uh, charities. So like for sure, I want to work on um, like a business model that I can donate to a charity that I like. I'm looking at different options. Uh, it's probably going to be mental health related charity. Um, so like that's something I'm working on as well and I'm excited about. Um, so in the new year, these are my main priorities. <laughs> and what great priorities they are. I think your mission is absolutely inspiring to everyone. And, and I would love that you're thinking of donating to charities because that's another great aspect to an already amazing brand that has a really great ethos about it. So my last question and one of my favorite questions is if anyone listening to this might be in a position where you were last year or even now, what advice would you give them to kind of just start? Like, it's very scary to take that first step. Um, like, all the uncertainty, you don't know what to do. You don't know what's going to happen. I guess, like, a lot of it doesn't go away. You just have to know that it's something that you have to deal with for God knows how many years, <laughs> the uncertainty, and you have to be okay with it. Um, so I would, I would say, like, um, if you think you're mentally ready for this, if you are at a stage in your life where you can be stressed out a little bit and like deal with the stress and push through it, uh, just take the first step Just start with something. And then everything else kind of comes after it. You like, you kind of threw yourself out there and then things happen. I don't know like how it works, but it's like magic or something. <laughs> but you start Googling one thing and something else comes and then you you get introduced to this course and you take it and some other courses come along and then you learn something and then you meet some other people. Um, and just like one, you basically take one step after another and make it happen. Such incredible advice, Salma. And I want to thank you again for sharing your story of the new Magnifique. And I cannot wait to see these new collections and everything that you do as a brand, your ethos, your mission and everything exciting. So thank you so much for sitting down and speaking with me today. Thank you so much for having me and this was great. <laughs> hey guys, we hope you're loving From Zero to Founder and you're getting a ton of value from it. If you want access to the exact free training that led today's founder to where they are now, head to founder.com slash course training or follow the link in the show notes.